Hello, and welcome to the HR Means Business podcast, which is part of the HR Happy Hour Network. I'm your host, Mervyn Dinner, and today I want to talk about something which I think is increasingly important, and that's about EVP and the link between EVP and retention and engagement. Um, I'm speaking this morning to Kat Bernardes, uh, who is with Lace Partners, who has recently been doing quite a bit of work in this area. And I'm interested to find out uh, what, what she has uncovered. So, Kat, would you like to introduce yourself and tell people a bit about your background and your current role? Absolutely, Mervyn. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, so, yes, I'm Kat Bernardes. I'm the People Experience Director at Lace Partners. Um, for those who may not have heard of us, um, we're a small consultancy focusing on really working with HR teams to improve um, how they operate, the technology that they use and how we create amazing people experiences. Um, and we partner to really just make sure that um, experiences for all employees are amazing. Um, I have been with Lace just over a year Um I joined because I was very passionate about people experience and it's a direction that they wanted to kind of go in um, focusing on that area. Um, I've spent the best part of my career in HR transformations of all scales and sizes um, in global organisations. Um, but in the last sort of four or five years, really focusing on the people experience and how we can help organisations um, put their people at the heart of what they're doing. I uh, Yeah, experience in all the discussions I have at the moment it is coming out as I suppose one of the key priorities um, because of the link with uh, retention and engagement um, and I know you've recently been working with a few companies around their EVP um, and looking at things like how it shapes candidate and employee expectations so I suppose to 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 help people listening who aren't sure what I mean but firstly what is EVP how how would you define it, and how would you define the role it plays in both attraction and then retaining the people you need? Great question. So I think um, the EVP for me is really the promise or the deal that you're making with people, with prospective candidates, with existing employees about what your organisation is going to offer um, in return for them coming to work for you and, and giving them giving. Um, you their all so it's the things both tangible and intangible like everyone thinks of it normally typically in terms of pay and benefits and reward etc but it's also the culture that you create it's the um the opportunities that you give them to grow their career it's their the way that you enable them to be themselves when they come to work for example um and for me it's really important to make sure that the, um, the EVP that you put out into the market and you talk to candidates about and that you promise internally is aligned then with the expect with that expectation is then aligned with the experience they get when they come to work for you, the reality of working in your organisation. And when there's a mismatch between the two and when, um, you know, you promise something that you then don't actually fulfil when they are working for you, that's when you start to get trouble with um, productivity and engagement um, because people realise that that's that's not the reality. So, so who who's responsible for EVP? I mean, the the I suppose it's an expression that I've known for a number of years now, and it's uh, you know recruiters talk about it, talent acquisition talks about it, you know, in house recruitment, you know, L and D talk about it, HR talk about mm -hmm. it. Who who would you say is responsible, and who owns the communication of it? I think it's a collective across HR, but also across the business. 
Um, because, you know, if you think about who actually enables the EVP to come to life and the experience, a huge proportion of that is actually down to line managers and, and business leaders themselves, not just HR, who, yes, play a, a vital role in actually how you package the EVP up and how you think about it and articulate it to your candidates. Um, so it's a combination of the two, really. And so, you know, while we've been talking to organisations recently about how they create their EVP, We've been really trying to encourage that early collaboration between the business and HR to think about um, it together so that when they are then determining how they're going to communicate and there's a you know there's a strong um, responsibility of the talent acquisition function, for example, to make sure that recruiters are, are talking EVP language, that the marketing and the employer branding that goes out there is sort of reflective of that EVP. But that's just the, the shiny path, the shiny sort of ribbon that's put around it how managers internally are talking about it to their employees and how leaders are role modeling and demonstrating the EVP coming to life, I think is, is actually really important. So it's not an easy answer to say a single role or single fun function owns EVP. I, I think it's a collective really, and that makes it quite tricky actually in reality um, to, to make it come to fruition. I should imagine it is because, again, it's perspectives and different people across the business might have different perspectives on exactly what it is and, and what the offering is. Um, so in, in the, the work you've done with organisations over the last year or two, what, what kind of differences uh, have you been finding between, I suppose, the promised EVP and the lived reality of employees once they've joined? I think um, a lot of the time it's in actually the transparency and how the EVP is um, communicated in the first place. So it's absolutely fine to be ambitious in your EVP and to say that you're going to deliver and promise people a particular experience if, that you can't fulfill right now. But it's about being really transparent around that and saying this is a journey that we're going on and that this is where we intend to get to over time. And these are the things that we're doing to put in place to make that experience better, to fulfill that promise that we're making. And a lot of organisations will put an EVP out there that um, is, is ambitious. And, and, and then in reality, they aren't there yet in terms of the real experience, but they don't communicate that very well. And so they may get there in a year or two years time, but they don't explain that to employees. And that's where there's often a mismatch because they might have plans to fulfill it but right now that you know it feels to the employee like that isn't that isn't there so I think a lot of it's around that transparency being really clear about what to expect and when you're going to get it but also about really bringing to life the reality you know the reality of what it's like to work there in um in an authentic way and not just about it being on paper something that looks good but showing real tangible examples of how that EVP is brought to life I'm sure that the, the, in the work you do, you see many people get it wrong. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm, this isn't the name and shame question or anything like that. But I suppose what what are the common mistakes that, that you see businesses make? I suppose both defining it internally and mm -hmm. then communicating it. I think one of the, the things is actually just to your point at the beginning is what is an EVP and being really clear on that definition, because a lot of organisations um, get a bit confused between employer branding and EVP and the employee experience. And we sort of think about it typically as a bit of a Venn diagram. And so they all interconnect and have to join up and, and talk to each other and link. 
but really your EVP is the thing that sits at the heart of it in terms of the both internal and external um, way that you talk about the promise that you're making. The employer branding is purely the external view of how that comes to life and the um, sort of employee experience is that, that reality component of it. Um, and so I think a lot of the time it's actually organisations not being clear on what they really mean by EVP um, and then not articulating it in a way that, that really resonates with their, with their um, employees. And one of the things that we've um, spent quite a bit of time with some of our recent clients on is actually thinking of the EVP through the lens of different personas in the organisation. So, you know, it's, it's quite tricky to get an EVP that meets 100% of the needs of your of your employee base, right? Everyone's very yeah. different. You might have people, diff- you know, frontline workers versus people working in sort of more of an office environment. Um, but there is a way to identify an EVP that can fulfill the majority of the needs and then work out with those different personas, what do you need to dial up and dial down? to really bring to life for them what it means. And I think that's another element that a lot of organisations we've seen haven't really got their heads around yet um, and are still doing some work on really understanding how do you dial up and dial down the EVP for those different um, personas within your organisation. Yeah, you made an interesting uh, reference there to hourly workers because some of the discussions I've had recently um it, it has brought home to me how the the i suppose the the i won't say the blue collar but the hourly worker experience is actually becoming very important mm-hmm. and it's it, it historically it's they've been seen differently from the permanent workforce i suppose uh yeah. but this is becoming a key thing so looking at the internal discussions then because you might have people responsible obviously for for different parts of the business what what are the internal discussions firstly are, around evp but who should be having these discussions and, and i suppose who should be leading them or initiating them um do you mean specifically for those sort of more frontline workers or just more broadly? Uh, uh, no no I, I threw in the frontline workers because you mentioned them just more <laughs> more broadly okay. obviously obviously and it's interesting i mean yeah we can i suppose include the frontline workers as well as because that might be again yeah. the acquisition of frontline or hourly workers might be a separate uh, area of the business yeah um, so I think that it needs to be across the board, right, from the top, um, thinking about actually who are we trying to attract and retain um, and, and is our EVP going to to do that? You know, is it going to attract maybe we've got some hot skills and some critical skills that we're looking for in the in the market? Is it going to be fulfilling their needs? Are we looking outward at what our potential candidates might want? Um, thinking from a, a holistic business perspective about what we're trying to achieve over our over the the long term as part of our strategy, right down to actually listening to employees on the ground, and that's where you know some of those those frontline conversations are important. They're a particularly hard organi- uh, sort of audience to hear from a lot of the time because of the nature of the way in which they work. Um, and so, if you can get a listening strategy right that really listens to the the needs and the wants and the motivations of those, that workforce um, and understanding again that sort of um, reality of what the experience is for them versus what they're expecting then you can be very proactive in what you're doing around your EVP and your experience to make sure that you're meeting those needs so I think it's a, it's across the business you know right up at the the c-suite down to um, on the ground, line managers talking, listening, getting feedback from their people, and feeding it back in. Okay, the the 
employee turnover and low engagement is obviously something we talk about a lot and there's always you know, kind of research coming out showing that you know great resignation bare minimum mondays it's because people aren't engaged so uh, a lot of this is is it's the gap between the promise and reality of the employee mm-hmm. experience for new hires uh, that's i guess one of the main drivers of this so uh, what can businesses do, I suppose, to minimise and eventually eradicate this gap? And, and in particular, I'm thinking of HR people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what can HR do? Because as we say, lots of different people own EVP. Lots of people, yeah. different people own the employee experience. Are HR the people who've got to get heads together or, or bang heads together or <laughs> uh, lead it or, or you know, um, no, I what's their role? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that HR need to lead the way, right? They are... Um, they are the function all about people. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, this is all about people and, and bring those um, components together. So I 100% believe that the HR need to be leading the charge in these conversations um, and, and making sure that they take a collaborative approach to, to bringing in perspectives that help define the, the EVP and the experience. So, um, you know, we've worked with a number of organisations over the last couple of months around defining their EVP. And we've taking quite a collaborative approach to that thinking about you know getting the employee line manager perspective getting the leader perspective getting the candidates perspective and the recruiters as well and thinking about how do you bring all of that together um so i think hr need to be continuously listening um i read a really interesting article the other day that uh, quoted an anthropologist who said what people say what people do and what people say they do are completely different things, which actually makes it really hard for us to really know what is the right answer when we talk to people about what they want and what they need from, from work. Um, and I, therefore, I think we need a multi-channel approach. I think HR need to be at the centre of that, listening to people, um, you know, using data and insights and gathering that from um, the existing systems they have or from uh, engagement surveys, et cetera, um, to be able to look holistically at at all of those components to figure out where have we got um, a challenge because what we've promised people out out in the world is X, what we're delivering them is is Y, how do we bridge that gap and put something in place in a rapid way to sort of solve for that? Yeah, yeah, what what you said just now reminded me of that old... um... There's three sides to every argument. There's yeah. what there's what each side says and what and what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, the um, I would be remiss uh, having a conversation with you in uh, the summer of 2023 if I didn't mention the 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 remote, flexible, hybrid, asynchronous working debate. Yeah. Um, opportunities for this, and yeah, as whenever I mention this in any discussion, I say. Yes, and I know that it is a minority of the workforce who can do this, mm-hmm. that it's only kind of 42, 43 percent who who are able to do this. Yeah. Um, has this become in what you've seen? I mean, it's become uh, most of the data I've seen shows it's much more influential when attracting talent. And as research come out the US to a couple of conferences I was at over there recently about you know, people having choice and agency in how, when and where they work is important to engagement and retention. Uh, is this a game changer for EVP as well? I think, to be honest, it's just becoming a hygiene factor. It's one of the first things that candidates will look at now, um, you know, alongside all the, the standard stuff around, you know, pay and benefits and, and what the role actually is. They'll be looking for whether they can work flexibly. I think it's just 
hygiene. And I think that, um, you know, every single EVP we've developed in the last year has got it in there, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not a differentiator anymore, I think is, is the difference. Um, You know, before COVID, flexible working was seen as a differentiator and now it's, it's really not. And I think that organizations have to just get on board with that and, and figure out the best way for their business to make um, that happen for, for the people that they can. Um, and as you said, it's not possible for, for everybody. So I, I, yeah, I don't believe that it's necessarily um, a game changer in the sense of needing to differentiate yourself differently. I think it's just a hygiene factor now that most organizations need to, to figure out how they're going to offer that in the, the most effective way they can. Okay, um, we're coming to the, uh, I suppose, towards the end of the discussion. And I suppose it, it's one of the things we've covered quite a few areas here. And one of the things that that, that I suppose I'm, I'm exploring at the moment is around this cycle of engagement to do with with kind of, you know, engagement, productivity, well-being. And, and what what's, again, the, I suppose the link between EVP and kind of yeah, engagement and productivity, which is obviously what most organizations are, are, are seeking to, to, to have. I mean, we use a simple equation that if your EVP is, um, if you're sorry, if your experience is greater than or equal to your EVP, then you're going to get good engagement and, and high productivity. Because if people know what the promise is, and when they come, they feel that promise being brought to life in in their day-to-day jobs in the way that they work, then you're going to get higher engagement and productivity because people are getting what they expected. And if if not being actually delighted sometimes in the experience that they they receive when they work with you. Um, So, you know, we've seen it time and time again, as you said, through research that there's a really intrinsic link between experience and engagement and productivity. And therefore, you know, it makes sense that if your EVP is the promise of that experience, then that's, you know, that's why you need to get it right in terms of how you're positioning your EVP, um, making sure that you're really clear about what's ambition versus what is reality today and what you're delivering today and setting those expectations up early um, so that you get that engagement. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's, it's, it's about understanding it and it's about, I suppose, understanding how people live it mm-hmm. and, and it's being honest internally about the reality. Um, Kat, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I've really enjoyed the conversation and I hope we've 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 been able to maybe uh, um, put out a few things for uh, HR people listening to this to have a think about. Um, and uh, thank you for your time. And I personally, I look forward to speaking to you again sometime in the future. And and um, how can people reach you or connect with you? Uh, it's been a pleasure. And they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, just look up Kat Bernardes. I don't think there's too many of us in the world. You should be able to find me <laughs> relatively easily. Um, but yeah, feel free to connect on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, looking forward to speaking again in the future. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.